Kevin Dooley writes authentic acoustic Americana and roots music from the Rocky Mountains. His unique American Celtic style creates a vocal and guitar blend that is organic and powerful. Kevin has released nine albums, of which the most recent Treehouse was listed on Caithness FM's Best of 2015 in Scotland, and at one point was the number one Roots album in Belgium. He's played the main stage at the Rocky Mountain Folks Fest, Telluride Blues Festival, and many more. Tim O'Brien says that he successfully marries the soul of acoustic with the range of rock. Land of Robin Hood, where the rain falls down real good. In a tidy red brick town, her bare feet that would wander around. Welcome to the Raw Songwriting Podcast, where we talk about the craft of songwriting, as well as debut a couple songs written exclusively for the show. I'm David Coyle, and it's my pleasure to introduce Kevin Dooley. Kevin, welcome to the show. Hey, David. Thanks. It's a pleasure to be with you. Uh, Absolutely, yeah. How, how are you yeah. holding up? I am. Uh, I am hanging in there by the skin of my teeth a little bit uh, between the election and the uh, virus, and then the fires we've been having and everything else. We've been uh, here a in lot Colorado. Of yeah, in Col here in Colorado, a lot of fodder for songwriters and other other stuff like that going on. I guess you would say, but uh, I'm doing pretty well. I'm I'm fairly well situated and. Uh, is where I, as far as where I am, I've been here for a while, and so fairly comfortable compared to many. So, nothing, so you bring, nothing to complain about. You bring up a good point here that we should probably let the audience know. Uh, you're going to hear this a couple weeks after we've recorded it. So, uh, right now we're recording this uh, the week of the election, and at this point in time, there's still not been a definitive uh, person named as the winner of the of the presidency. So, so that's been an interesting. I, I think that affected. Uh, we're we're actually recording a little bit later in the week. I think partially because that was just taking Effect. taking up a lot of emotional real estate, right? Yeah, it really is. And for those of us who are always a, a bit already a bit weary and tired uh, from other stuff, it certainly added to the. Added to that, but uh, conclusion before too long, before your podcast comes to air, to air anyway, hopefully. It, it is interesting how it just sort of, there's this, just things sort of hanging in the air and this, this sense of nervous anticipation that's going on. Yeah. Um, bit, I'm going to try to tie this into songwriting here, but uh, when, when you feel that level of anxiety... Does that compel you to 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 write, or do, does it make it harder for you to write? Well, it's interesting. It it through my writing career, and as you mentioned, I've done a bunch of did my first one oh, back in late eighties, early nineties. So um, over your, the career, your first album or your first festival? Yeah, my my first album was done in uh, nineteen ninety, the first self released CD. So I certainly felt different pressures then um you know it, but the 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 pressures are i don't know just way different and and skewed and uh it's interesting because it was always hard to carve out time but i found time and my process had always been kind of usually writing for a couple hours in the morning try to do it every every single day so that i'm creating a, a wealth of work that I can borrow from. And um, and that's when I sort of had less time. Now that COVID has impacted my life and haven't had gigs 
much at all since March and I have much more time on my hands. I may be a bad time manager or the pressure of gigs and other deadlines uh, motivated me more than I understood. Uh, but I've not been quite as prolific and focused a writer during this last six or eight months as I kind of thought. Because initially I was like, oh, I'm going to have all of this time to focus on things. Um, but my, my focus has skewed a bit in the last some months, I guess I would say. So I, I still am writing regularly, but a uh, little less focus than I have I have displayed over my career, I would say. So, um, and it is a bit of a confusing to me because I had all this time and maybe it's that I have too much time so I can procrastinate it till a little longer or something like that. And, uh, and that's not the best thing necessarily for, for me. So that's why it's kind of good to do something like this because it, with this song prompt thing to write a song in a week, which is, that's different usual process. We've had the occasion to write a song together uh, some months ago and stuff. Yeah. And I, but I, I usually am a solo writer and I am usually a much of a, more of a long gestation period writer than turning out songs in a, you know, a more relatively quick fashion. But I do like the, I like being uh, put in a position to have to do it because I certainly learn from it. And I think it's a very good exercise because for songwriters, you should have a good clear enough idea if you can't get to something pretty good in a fairly short amount of time, then it's, you know, time to move on to something else, I think, usually. so. My process changed quite a bit when I started doing that Song a Day January project, where I was yeah. trying to bang out a song every single day for an entire month. And it got me into the habit of uh, what I think of as first draft songwriting. The idea that you do something that's a complete song, and it may not ultimately be what you're you're done with, uh, you know, it may not be a finished song, but at least it's a complete song and you could theoretically go out and play it and people would recognize it as a complete song. Maybe mm -hmm. not a great song, but a complete song. Right. Have all the elements. Yeah. And um, that, that's really, that, that's changed my focus quite a bit. Cause I used to do, uh, I think a lot of songwriters run into this problem where they'll come up with like two verses and a chorus and then they get kind of stuck there. Yeah. And, and it takes forever to kind of noodle in, you know, noodle around for months or maybe even years to, to finish the song. And, but there's something right now, there's something special about uh, for me to, to, to do like a song in a day or a week and just have that seemingly finished piece. And then editing it um, is an interest rewrites are, a, are, are, a different thing than, than editing as you go. But, but are you, you're more of an edit as you go kind of writer. Is that how you see it? Yeah. It, it, generally speaking, it is. Yeah. More, more likely than not, you know, some songs fall out in different ways, but I do. Um, I like to certainly get kind of some big colorful ideas early on and not edit in the beginning of the process, right in the beginning of the process, but I do edit as I go, every time I come back to it or that kind of thing, I guess, I'm going to be changing things. And for me also, it's a function of um, both playing the music to get a melody with the lyric at the same time. And one kind of helps identify the other or, you know, limits how many words or syllables or different kinds of things that I can use 
and uh, then those kind of things will start limiting, changing word choices and that kind of thing. I know that there's a lot of different ways that people write songs. Sometimes people sit down, they'll write a journal entry, then they'll adapt that to, to music. Um, other people will start purely with the music and, and, and then throw lyrics on later. But you, you do it more or less at the same time. Is that what I'm hearing? I, yeah, I, yep. And that's sort of maybe an evolutionary thing over time. Initially, I thought I could not write lyrics at all, and I could play guitar acceptably. So I was pretty much bound by my musical side. Mm -hmm. And then the more I listened to music and kind of went, ooh, I want to, and listened to real good writers, it's like, I really want to listen to that, you know, real specific reaction out of people. And then I just sort of had an aha moment of, wow, it's really the lyrics. I mean, the music is very important to it but if the lyric is not there and hangs together and doesn't tell a really good story so i really at that point started to focus more more on the lyrics and now it's kind of balanced out where you know sometimes they will evolve a little bit like this song i did today which is fairly simple and is in a little bit of an earlier stage as you described mm -hmm. there um but that kind of fell out a little bit because I had another melody that I thought I would use for this. And then when I started to play it, it was not, not really working, not really creating the feeling that I thought. So, um, yeah, they, they're starting to come out a little bit more, not as whole cloth, but a little bit more together. Well, let's, before we get into that, the, the, the raw songwriting challenge song, um, let's, uh, let's just talk about, and let's take this back to before um, before COVID. Okay. What was there a, a, a like a standard starting point? Was there a particular way that you would you would start a song? Um, no, there no, not really. I I did do the artist way, and I both taught it as well as used some of lifted some of the uh, techniques in that. So I usually as I was always a morning pages journal writer so usually kind of titles or ideas would come up out of that journal writing and hopefully on almost a daily basis so that i would mess mess around with them whether they formed into a song or not but that would usually be the 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 nucleus and then i liked sort of writing to a title or at least a general theme that i like to stick at the top of the page to keep myself a little more mm -hmm. focused because i would tend to kind of wander as I get other ideas bumping into them and then I, but to keep me focused on what, you know, what I'm really trying to identify or what the metaphor is I'm using or the emotion, that type of thing. I, I'm curious, what, what is your opinion of the artist? I mean, obviously you're, you're, you have a high opinion of the artist way because you used to teach it. Yeah. Uh, how, what do you think it is about, I mean, Morning Pages seems to be the, the crux of the uh, program. It is. And, it is. and, I mean, what is it about the morning pages that, that you feel like spurs creativity? To me, it was the point that I came kind of to it, I think, um, because I was stuck in that spot of I played music for a long time. I was a decent musician, but I didn't see myself as a songwriter or a great singer necessarily. And I really didn't think I had it in me to create an original song. I was so 
mesmerized or enamored of watching these people play songs and kind of went, wow, they've got some kind of gift I don't have. I didn't realize they do what you and I now do, and that's they work on it every day for hours and hours and then get up there and make it look so much easier than it is. So I think that was the best thing about Artist Way because it gave me, I guess I wanted to support the editor a little bit. I kind of had ideas, but they were big and ill-defined. And what I liked about that book was sort of had lessons every week and you did little artist dates and kind of gave yourself a little more permission to be artistic. And I was in my early years was trying to make a living with my music. So songwriting wasn't doing it as much as learning 20 cover tunes and getting a PA system and going out and being able to play gigs and that I got well responded to you know over time it that demystified it and it allowed me to kind of go okay i'm not a craftsman musician i'm actually am a little bit of an artist with this so i think that's the nicest thing that that book gave to me and it gave it to me in a real nuts and bolts not an artsy fartsy ill-defined kind of way it was a you know work sheet for every week so you kind of did things and i liked having some identifiable tools in the tool case particularly at that point in time i think just to make me feel a little bit more maybe i'm hearing myself say maybe it's a bit of a validation kind of thing or something but uh that's what i like and i but i agree with you mostly from talking with people about it over the years, the morning pages is the thing that stayed, but that was kind of a cleaning off your writing surface kind of thing by just using words and, and doing it in a consistent and daily basis. And sometimes just finding that the words are the cool, exciting thing. Just mm -hmm. the word itself can be fun and create, you know, something else. So understanding that sometimes it's, you don't have to be creative about it. You just have to use the, you know, right, right words that are oh, interesting yeah. and intriguing to people. So, um, so that helped me with that. Cause sometimes I would be hunting for all these big ideas or watch a friend write this really funny, creative song and kind of go, I don't know how I could get to that. But I know that if I put these two words together, that they make me chuckle or, uh -huh. that, they or that they insinuate a third thing that I hadn't thought about. And I was like, okay, well, I think somehow or another that's, there's some nuts and bolts of good songwriting in that if I can't access the other, or that's not where my particular skill set is. So, um, yeah, and I've not done all that much with the artist way in recent years, although I do keep, uh, it stays with me mostly because of that morning pages, I think, thing. And the, um, she calls it finding original voice, I think, and I think that was part of what I was trying to say there is it gave me permission to feel a little bit more of an artist and that I do have a voice that my opinion is no better or worse than other people's, but it's, it's valuable in its own right. So I need to flesh that out and understand what the voice is that I'm speaking with. So it consistently can be heard through my music because that's great songwriters that I've liked. You can always kind of, you can almost see their mind working as you, you know, follow the words of the songs that they're doing just because uh, there's a clarity, you know, to their process, I think, from the years of doing it. Well, I know uh, when I was doing Morning Pages, because I, I, I spent a year doing The Artist's Way, um, 
I don't know if it was even a full year, but I, I, I did spend, I did go through the book and I, I thought the morning pages in particular to me, just the, just learning to be consistent at that alone was huge. It's, you yeah. know, it's, it's a simple thing to do. There's no, there it's zero stakes process, yeah. but one thing it teaches you is just to be consistently doing something. Right. And the, the, the step from writing a journal entry every day to working on a song or song lyrics or something every day is not that, that large a step. Yeah. 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 Well, let's, uh, I asked you to, to, to give me a couple songs that I could play. And I was hoping that we could uh, listen to some of these songs and talk a little bit more in specifics about how you came up with the songs. Sure. So why don't we take uh, your song drive which is off what what album is that off of? That's off the Treehouse album. That's off so the Treehouse. Okay. That's off Treehouse. And, and I know that you won several awards, uh, or at least were nominated for some awards. Is, is this with one that, of those? Actually, this song was not the B song, which is another one that I think we're going to listen to um, yeah. as well. That one, that one, one did win some awards in Hollywood and uh, over in Europe, and also did. We didn't mention that in the intro, but. In the American folk charts, that Treehouse CD actually got to, I think, oh. 57, 57 or something like that. So I, it, it was listened to even close to home as well as far away. <laughs> okay, that's, yeah, that's so, great. That's yeah, great. Yeah. So, okay, so, well, this is off that album, and this is Drive by Kevin Dooley. Sun was shining on the day he left Biloxi, the sun was shining. Been raining in his heart, his two-tone Chevy. Drove toward deduction, there's no room no, for a broken heart. Out on the highway, it's just miles and memories. Curves and bands, the sinew mends, still small voice on the breeze. Says every day that we're alive is a good day to drive. Good day to drive. Stopped at a small service station somewhere in southern South Dakota for a full tank of gas and a cold lemonade. And the sign in the window said concert in the park. Music is always the answer. He threw a blanket in the shade of the highway with his. Miles and memories With curves and bends With sinew mends The still small voice on the breeze Says every day that we're alive Is a 
good day to drive. Good day to drive. Good day to drive. Good day to the Canadian border cast for shadow in his new homeland the start as fresh as the smell of the pines and the wood smoke wind is back to the past and his eyes on the very next bend of the highway with his miles and melodies and bands, the sinew men, still small voice on the breeze, says every day that we're alive, it's a good day to drive, it's a good day to drive. Well, that was uh, that was Drive by Kevin yeah. Dooley from the album Treehouse, and that was delightful. Um, yeah, thank you. That's, one thing I got to say is I, I love the way that you sing your lyrics, and sometimes you have, uh, I don't know if phrasing is the right term, but there's some of the, I, I would have a hard time singing some of these lines, I think. Uh-huh. If I were to just sort of do it on my own intuition, but you have a unique way of singing it that it sounds perfectly natural. And I think yeah. of somebody like uh, Joni Mitchell, who I think was such a, a talented singer that she was able to take some of her lyrics, which were 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 pretty dense, and and make everything just just smooth as butter. And Be and old. I think you've got a quality there uh, that 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 I appreciate in the same way. Wow, that's uh, well, that's that's high praise. She's definitely one one of the best. But um, yeah, well, I like to do that. And this song in particular is kind of a more of a story, bit of a story song. This actually I wrote for my one of my very favorite mentor songwriters, a guy named Jesse Winchester, who was the original. Jesse was the original draft dodger, born in Biloxi, Mississippi, and he got a low draft number for the Vietnam War, oh. and. Um, I don't know how he went to Canada, but I put him in a 57 
two-tone Chevy and let him drive from Biloxi across the border. I don't know if that's how he went there or not. So I took that sort of license with the song, but that's sort of the, that's the impetus for this song or motivation written not too long after he had actually died of uh, throat cancer, I think, or oh. was get, was getting it at this time. So, so it was uh, sort of motivated, um, that way and and then so combining with this the idea of you know sort of any, any day and every day is the day to make a step or a bold move or take a drive or leave behind something that's not working for you well and just to just to be clear the the it's a good day to drive is a play on the uh the phrase it's a good day to die am i correct on that or is that well it is, it is sort of a little bit yeah yeah there's a little tongue-in-cheekness with that couched I there. thought that yeah. I really, I really loved that. I thought that was a great yeah. play on words. Um, yeah, it took a took another songwriter type to identify that because not too many people have actually kind of come up with that. But it's definitely couched in the in the overall framework of the song for sure. So, so you were inspired by this the story of this. I mean, this was not somebody you knew personally. This is just no. someone who inspired you. Yeah, that was the inspiration. What once you were you knew this was going on with him. And you wanted to write a song about him and his experience. Where where did you go next? What was the first step? Yeah, rather than sort of go to this the many songs that he wrote that sort of impacted me, which was a thought, it was to kind of come back to the original story that I had heard, always heard talked about with Jesse was that oh he was the original draft dodger. I'm I was younger than he, but I was enough close enough to that that I remember that time um, well. And so I thought that was kind of the good framework for the story and that it's always a, another time to move on uh, in the case of driving or dying, as you point out, but the same thing of, of moving on across the border and then in this case, moving across another, another border in terms of uh, leaving this life and that kind of thing, I guess. So there's so many images in the yeah. lyrics how do you decide what images to put in i mean how much of this is well go ahead just what, what how would how do you decide what images to stick in a song that's like this i usually try to get things that are going to help support sort of the emotional tenor of the song i guess i would say um and and try to kind of keep the imagery supporting that if it's pensive or melancholy or I can't remember what's the so his two-tone Chevy rolled toward deduction basically saying that he was the process of traveling and moving was helping him process and understand where he was in life and sort of the stages that he was going through and consequently I I going through as well a little bit um I liked that uh, that kind of imagery, sort of the loneliness of the of the highway and the traveling with it. So to try to once I for, kind of get a, a a general emotional feel, um, then I, I want the the images to try to support that. Maybe not always overtly, but at least with some connective tissue in there. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Well, so now you, you said earlier that you, you tend to write your songs while you're writing the music. What are some examples here of how 
the music shaped the words and the melody or vice versa? I mean, what, what, what's the negotiation like when you're, when you're doing it at simultaneously? On that, um, boy, that would be good. And I wrote this seven years ago, so I'm trying to, <laughs> <laughs> of course. Yeah. Yeah. So there is, there is some of that. Um, so I'm not quite sure. That's a, that's a really good question you asked there, Dave. There is a, I, I, there is a little bit of a zone thing or I'm making myself available to stuff. And I've not always been fanatical about everything always exactly having to agree. So sometimes when I'm in the zone, if it seems to fit in the zone, I, I will, I leave things, leave things in there on the edges. Sure. Yeah. I know. Um, I, I think uh, sometimes for me when I'm, I mean, I, I tend to work on melody and lyrics at the same time, uh, but I don't always have an instrument in hand when I'm working on that. And and one of the problems uh -huh. I run into is because I'm not as talented a guitarist as you are. And when I'm writing, I think I get stuck in in a chordal rut that I you know yeah. I'm just sort of used to playing this chord or that chord. And sometimes it frees it's frees up for me uh, possibilities if I'm writing a melody without an instrument in hand, and I'll have mm -hmm. to go searching for how to you know what are the chords that that fit that melody, um, and it, and it forces me to kind of come up with something different. But yeah. do you find, I mean, do you run into that problem, or do you actually find that working with an instrument actually opens things up? I find that it does. And the other thing that I have done is I. I do play in a, I play in standard tuning sometimes, but over the years, and then after getting to go over to Europe and tour Ireland a couple times too, I now pretty much play all, most all the time in a, a open dadgad, D-A-D-G-A-D mm. tuning, which to me as a songwriter, I'm a self-taught musician, so I have some music theory, but just like you said there, really for most of us, it's kind of, three chords and a couple relative minors most of the time over and over again. Um, but I am, I have much more intuitive playing in that open tuning. It's kind of a suspended tuning. It gives a little kind of a jazzy chordal open feeling to it, but it's very intuitive to me. If I want to take melodic steps, half steps, that kind of thing, I'm really just moving up and down the fretboard. So I think it's almost a little closer to what a piano player experiences in terms of writing, because rather than kind of going, well, I don't know if that's a step or it's a step up or a down or, but it's in that tuning for me, it all lays out a little more linearly. And if I want to go higher, I don't know, it just, it allows me to play with the melodies. And then um, I spent a few years after some emotionally draining times about a decade ago where I decided to busk over on the Pearl Street Mall. Sure. Um, and I basically took everything I knew in standard tuning, run it through that open guitar tuning. And, all, and so I just started to see what the intervals were that my favorite songwriters were using. I would look at it in songwriting books or something and just play the chords they showed me. But to have to really hear them in my head and make those changes, then I think that's made it a lot easier for me when I write now to kind of go, oh, I'd like to try a little two chord here against that and see what that sounds like. And it, it's opened up some 
definitely some melodic things for me that weren't available in standard tuning. Let me just uh, interject real quick. Uh, uh, for those of you who are not uh, local here in Colorado, uh, the Pearl Street Mall is, is a wonderful uh, pedestrian mall in downtown Boulder, Colorado. And, uh, you know, if you're thinking about coming out, uh, definitely check that out when you're down here. Yeah, it definitely is. A, it, it is it's a very cool scene. Still always has been and uh, hopefully always will be. Lots of musicians out there. I mean, you also yeah. get other things like contortionists, magicians. Yeah, jugglers. Jugglers, yeah. it's The guy that makes the most money dresses up like a do this huge dog with a great big bowl, and uh, it's hard to explain <laughs> to people, but he makes <laughs> a decent living, I think, actually out there doing it, getting getting the kids to come over and toss. Oh, he wears the, the dog the dog suit with all the... The dog oh, suit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've seen and he that adorably guy. kind of rolls around and sits up, and he just... People <laughs> I've see seen him that, from... Yeah. I've been out there playing for like two hours, sweating my butt off, playing all these songs, making like $3. And he comes out for rolls around a couple of times and puts the bowl out and boom, boom, boom. But uh, I, I uh, used to love the zip code guy. I don't know if he still, zip still makes guy. the rounds, but he was, yeah. he was great. It just had this, this, uh, what do you call it? The kind of memory, eidatic memory. Didactic memory or whatever I, that, yeah. Something like that. But he had, yeah. Uh, um, yeah, yeah. He just, it was an incredible memory thing. Memory He trick. wasn't then. Evan from Heaven, who was like a tightrope walker guy, that uh, so yeah, there was, so juggle juggle the the flaming uh, yeah. uh, the torches, yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. But it's an amazing scene, and there's really, I mean, there's some very not talented musicians down there playing too, but there's some really some quite a bit of talent um, on the mall, and I it was very freeing for me after years of playing you know, the variety of gigs that you need to do to try to make a living. And I did make a living out of this more, more from my gig playing than my songwriting. Um, but it was a great joy to just be able to go out there and open up and play whatever I wanted to play my stuff, other people's stuff, whatever I wanted to do. Um, uh, so it's, uh, uh, I would highly recommend that to people, musicians and, and non-musicians. So. Well, from a songwriting standpoint, did you feel that uh, busking did that did that teach you anything about songwriting? I mean, were you able to find out what people responded to in a way, or did you get any feedback from people? A, a little bit, yeah. My most uh, cherished moments were when somebody would actually stop. I mean, when somebody stopped and listened at all for any reason, actually, that's fairly sure. cherished because usually people just see people with guitar. And even if you're good, they kind of put their head down, make sure their wallet's still in their pants yeah. and walk on by. Okay. And it's, it's almost a universal kind of reaction. So, yeah, if if I got people to really stop and listen to one of my songs or even slow down enough where I could tell that they were kind of going humming the chorus or something like that. Yeah, that was very powerful because I felt it felt it was very confirming to me to do it. Um, sometimes those, they did drift. When you'd get people listening, they did the same thing sometimes that bar gigs did. And then you wanted to play something that was familiar that they knew. Sure. So you would kind of get a positive response. So I wouldn't, the songwriting was in the mix, but sort of on the level par kind of with that, which I kind of liked because usually I was either doing songwriter gigs for three people in a coffee house or something like that, or I was playing for a hundred people 
singing drunken Jimmy Buffett songs on Margaritaville uh, sure, sure. and buying alcohol for which I would get paid or something like that. It's one of those cruel ironies of things. But uh, um, but I did love them all for that. And boy, for vocal technique and guitar playing and to really have to sing out and be kind of a whole performer, guitar and voice putting the thing out, that was a amazing experience for me because I'd had a lot of experience before that in gigs and stuff, but I think that was one of the best performance experiences that I've done in my lifetime in some senses, just because I could go just get lost in it and just put it out, you know, for an hour straight. And it was awesome. One, one thing that I really liked about busking was not having to worry about a microphone where the microphone was placed. It right. just, you're just free to move around and and just do your moves. You could look people yep. in the eye. Unfortunately, it doesn't always transfer over to uh, to live performance with a you know when you have a sound system. But it's right. it's a freeing thing. By the way, so yeah. this is not a this is not a show about busking. But I do want to give you a tip if you are a busker out there. Uh, bring some extra instruments so that if any kids come along they can pick up and you know like you know like like small hand percussion or something they can pick up mm-hmm. those maracas and play along with you and i'll tell you the parents they'll they'll throw out some some dough if their yeah. kids get distracted by you for even a short period of time they yeah, and they'll listen to anything too it doesn't even have to be it can be adult songs kid songs that kids love music yeah. Yep, they do they will dance to most anything and it's tough to get their attention and so after after a while, you wonder if you shouldn't just be, if you were doing that for a living, you should just be blowing up balloons or something like that. Well, that's, yeah. those are winners all the time, but um, you know, but it, it's, it was a cool thing. And as a musician, whatever it is that I am being able to just sort of go out and kind of do live performance art on, you know, I had no bar manager. To, I didn't have a set list. I didn't, I got to do whatever the moment took me to in that moment and that was really kind of cool because over time it would take me to other songs that I'd known that I hadn't played forever and and partially too I mean you are singing so loud and you're putting out so much air I think you get slightly in a mildly uh, oh. <laughs> I don't know, like a runner's a sort of, high or something like that so or you're is, just hyperventilating is, a little bit it is yeah. sort of because you are a little oxygen deprived or there's something you get yeah. If that's the zone, or there was another word I was seeking for it, but it's uh, after a while of doing it, there was you sort of got into a little bit of a different uh, psycho area or psych something or another. One, one thing that I liked about busking was, uh, which I, I haven't done it in a while, but um, I, I actually felt like my my voice stood up better with you know when I wasn't trying to work with a sound system. I mean, yeah. I could, I could, I mean, I could yell at the, what, what seemed like yelling at the top of my lungs for a long period of time, like three hours or something, or, you know, for a long period of time and, and really not wear my voice out. And I think it was because I wasn't trying to strain, you know, trying to meet what I thought I was hearing, you know, match that uh-huh. up with what I think was going through the microphone. All right, Kevin, well, you brought in another song, which uh, Willoughby, which we talked about earlier. And this is the one that, that won some awards. Do you want to, Give us an intro here before I start playing it, or should I go ahead and start? Um, I'll give you a little intro. This one I wrote, um, and again, basic, this one's based on an experience, but I bring in a couple of my, my own personal life experiences with it. But when we were touring over in England, we had a 
uh, a duo that joined us, a man and a, a man and a woman, a great singer and a dobro player. And they joined us for a couple, three gigs up in Wales and then one when we came back down. And so we became really good friends and ended up having a bunch of pints one night and kind of telling our saddest story somehow or another. And um, the, the gal, uh, Esther, an Irish Catholic woman, large family, I think seven kids or something like that. And we told our sort of saddest stories and she told the story of she had had twins and one of them was Joseph and the other one was Willoughby and Joseph made it and Willoughby didn't. And this had been the greatest tragedy of her life. And she actually talked about, it was so painful, but she could lay down the bed, close one eye and both of her twins, she could still see and even though that line didn't actually end up in the song that was sort of the whole seed kernel that started me um on it so it's it's sort of a dealing with loss and that we all do kind of thing but it's based on this particular experience with um with the story that she told and then it sort of graduates into i saw a bit of my grandmother in her so by the third verse um, I had a bit of my grandmother in there, and she's in the spot in England where they make all the Wedgwood plates, which I think were like the blue and white coffee cups and stuff like that, that my mm -hmm. grandmother had, like a corner cupboard stuffed with them or something like that. And so that uh, sort of wove its way into the third verse. And this, again, was one of the first, I really was utilizing that dadgad guitar tuning, I would say, oh, okay. in this song and trying to tease the melody um, out of it. So this was as uh, much of an attempt at kind of trying to be sort of Irish or a little bit more Celtic, even okay. with the melody that's underlying it at the same time, which I really, that's what sort of started it and then got me into the course. I want to talk to you more about that when we after we listen to the song. So let's let's okay. uh, listen here. This is Willoughby by Kevin Dooley off the album Treehouse. was always a daddy's girl Irish music and bees with it filled his world Grew up heart strong, had a pack of kids young Nearly broke her heart when they lost one And as sure as the Shannon flows to the sea There will be loss in this life from which we're never free And there'll be dreams of Willoughby Dreams 
dreams of Willoughby. Dreams of Willoughby. family we've hold so tight it's a thoroughly sensible sense of right blessed are the silver linings there are days when the light comes shining shining down through the english rain singing through the night like a bullet train reaching down with a hand in glove the healing touch of a mother's love as a shore as the Shannon flows to the sea, there will be loss in this life from which we're never free. There will be dreams of Willoughby, dreams of Willoughby. I went walking by the old canal Where the steam trains hauled it down And the ovens baked Wedgwood plates That put such a smile on my grandma's face Why is life too often cruel To those who work hard and they play by the rules They bite their time and they pinch their pennies And they give to others that don't have any Shannon flows to the sea There will be loss in this life From which we're never free There'll be dreams of Willoughby Robin Hood, where the rain falls down real good. Oh, oh, that was fantastic! That was that was kind of fun. I'd not actually listened to that uh, in a while. Oh, well, yeah. that's well. That actually, um, well, first off, I just want to say. <laughs> that the the last verse there particularly i mean the last couple lines are just so killer life is just too often cruel to those that work hard and play by the rules bide their time and pinch their pennies and give to uh, and give to others that don't have any that is just yeah. so good so good oh thank you david yeah. i appreciate that uh so that, and that was kind of the line that came together. It was the same thing, the sort of the connective tissue between Esther or, or the, the mom in the beginning of the story and kind of my, that's the epitome of my grandmother at the end because that was, that was her to a T, I think. So uh, nice. well, thank you. I, pre I appreciate that. Oh, yeah. I, well, I mean it. I mean it. I, I yeah. love that. That's just fantastic. Um and so I, I guess that you had mentioned that this was kind of fun to listen to, but yeah. as you mentioned to be, to begin with, this was about 
the most tragic experience. I mean, it was inspired by the most tragic experience someone had. Um, And if you look at the lyrics, there's, there's a little bit of a contrast between the, 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 the upbeat nature of the music and, and some of the more philosophical elements in the song. And so how do you, what's your feeling about that juxtaposition? Yeah, I, I thought about that consciously because I knew I was treading, this was someone that I, I mean, I, you know how it is with musicians and especially when you connect on stage, this was a, clearly kind of a special and a great connection with this person, but it was also someone that I didn't really know. I wasn't going to get to know exactly just because mm-hmm. of the, you know, distance and everything else. So um, yet there was this intense sharing of information with like five or six actually people, but also me. And uh, so I consciously, you know, wanted to keep that personal element because there was so much power in that revelation to me, but I did want to soften it to a hopeful getting past it, getting over it, dealing with it, understanding that we all deal with it. So I, I liked kind of keeping the music and I was sort of hearing that in there and that little line that's played on the bazooki in the background to try to keep a, you know, a lightness to it at the same time. Because I remember kind of finishing it, and I think it's part of why I let it kind of drift in the third verse and didn't. I had some other verses that sort of jabbed at that sore spot a little bit more as a writer is wont to do, maybe. Um, And I decided to not do that and soften it a little bit with a little different third verse that sort of looked at it from... Same subject from a slightly different mm-hmm. angle. So, um, yeah, so that was a very intentional spot because for a while it was like, oh, is this going to be kind of like a minor blues dirge and we're just going to, you know, settle into the sadness and let us envelop us all? And uh, fortunately not, because somewhere along the line, just noodling around in that tuning, basically that little, the melody line and the little walk down part that sort of forms the whole song just kind of came out. And it's like, oh, no, that's a good, that's a nice thing to hang it on because it was, you know, much more major, much more resolvable feeling in the music mm-hmm. to something rather than leaving it unanswered like what happened more in the minor minor feel yeah I, I like that i like the way that 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 played out that it does does give you some sonic feeling of hope and right uh, as you said being able to to move through you know that we all have these 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 tragedies and yeah it also kind of reminds me a little bit of um i mean it's a very different style but i think of motown uh motown used to they used to have these if you listen to the lyrics they're these horrible sad songs <laughs> but yeah. they were they were still really catchy and danceable and and just wonderful all right well that's that's a great song that willoughby song and uh and it's off of treehouse and and just where where can people get treehouse if they want to get your cd your they album? can get that through uh, cd baby still has actual copies um you know they could get a hold of me too that's the uh, um, but CD Baby would do it. I am streamable now. All of my, all nine CDs are up on any of the streaming services, uh, Spotify, 
Amazon, YouTube, uh, I think 150 some services and just had a fellow out in Salt Lake City help me get the first three CDs, which I had not had the tunes up. So I am very findable on all of those devices as as well. But CD Baby is the place to to find me, I guess. And I Excellent. still have some c- CDs, so I would love to get them to people. Do you have there, a uh, like an email address that people can get, like a work um, email address? Y- yeah, I can get. I'll get my email address, and if people want to get in touch that way, that would be great. It's all lowercase. Kevin, the numeral seven, Dooley, D-O-O-L-E-Y, at yahoo.com. Okay. So they can, they can buy it from you directly. So that way, that way yeah. you don't lose any of the, uh, the percentages on. Right. We yeah. cut out the middleman or cut whatever. Cut out the middleman. So, exactly. Yeah. But, uh, but also, I also appreciate people just going and listening and if they find, or even just like one of the songs or something like that, of course, don't make too much off the streaming thing, but it's uh, I'm 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 at the spot where I'm happy that uh, people are listening to my music. So, all right. So I, I invite you down the show uh, specifically as part of the what I call the raw songwriting challenge, and uh-huh. that's where uh, I give you a choice of prompts. Yeah. I thought uh, that oh, page looked familiar. Yeah, that's right. That's right. A week before a week before we get together for the uh, the interview, and then you choose from those prompts uh and uh write a song let me let me just uh tell everybody what the prompts were uh we uh, this time i had a random word the random word was orthogenesis which is a noun a theory that variations in evolution follow a particular direction and are not merely sporadic and fortuitous so orthogenesis there was a random a lot of great quote. words in that yeah yeah there was a random quote the best time to plant an oak tree was 25 years ago the second best time is today. There was a random question. Have you ever been punished for something you didn't do? And then there was a random picture. And this was a picture of a house that was teetering on the, the edge of what may be a pier or the edge of a foundation of some sort. But it looks like it's about ready to collapse and, and fall down. So those were the choices, and uh, which, uh, well, I, I let uh, Kevin choose uh, from uh, the prompts, and then we both worked on the same prompt. Uh, do you want to tell him which prompt you chose and, and why you chose it? I, I picked the best time to plant an oak tree was 25 years ago. The second best time is today. And it had come up, that very same line had come up in conversation I don't know, several weeks before I saw the quote and uh, had a fun conversation with a friend just kind of about that, and the quote had sort of stuck in my head from that. So orthogenesis sounded too complicated. Complicated. I really kind of, I loved the picture of the house on the cliff, but I wasn't sure that was going to give me, in a week's time frame, I felt I had more grist for the mill in the oak tree one, I think, so... That was sort of how my mind worked on that. Well, I, li- I like that. I like that you were having you had actually dealt with that quote a couple weeks ago because I mean yeah. it's from James Carville, who's uh, a political operative, of course. I don't know how active right. he is these days, but he was active during the Clinton administration. Yeah, he's popped up a little bit as a commentator of recently. So they like to get him in. He's such a classic Louisiana guy, James. Is you know the, yeah they ha- like pictures. He's got this great Louisiana kitchen. They 
keep having him pop up and he's in some old t-shirt and uh but uh, he's he's an interesting character but i i like him uh, uh yeah i always liked james carville especially when they when he got together with his his wife mary matlin right and, and they were both polar right. opposites uh politically right. it was it was they're sort of like fun. the uh what's her name the kellyanne conway and oh her, oh yeah her, her, a little bit sort of you know well like, except that they're remind me of that they're both republicans but yeah one one is an anti-trumper right. and the other one's works for trump so yeah right, that's right. <laughs> those right. interesting you know but they're co-workers you know they're co-workers yeah. and sometimes you odd. disagree with your co-workers but that doesn't mean you can't fall in love with them yeah so. odd political bedfellows i guess you'd call that or something but that's uh, right that's right so well, why don't we uh, jump to it here and yeah. listen to your song, which you've entitled Trees. Yeah, I think, and I'm not even sure what that'll, what'll end up for sure, but I think Trees is where we start. Well, yeah, well, these are all kind of, uh, I, I think I mentioned earlier that I see these as, as kind of first draft songwriting. You, yeah. you get it out there and then you can, you can revise it and change it as you want. So this, this song is uh, by Kevin Dooley. It's a uh, first draft based on uh, the prompt that we just discussed, and it's called Trees. Well, hindsight, it's 2020. That's what my grandpa was saying. One who does not learn from history is bound to repeat all the mysteries. Well, down the hill, Across the creek, the shady spot for passing time, where I can unravel those mysteries one leaf at a time. Cause large oaks from tiny acorns grow, and not I'll get there this we know. Best time for planting is always sometime. Today's the second best time we Sure. 
That's fantastic, and, and I'd like to I'd like to point out, and I don't have to keep this in here if you don't want me to say it, but but you you had you weren't sure how to record just an audio piece as of earlier was it today or yesterday that we talked about? Yeah, it? earlier and, today I think. And I think you did a really excellent job <laughs> of recording that. It sounds great. Uh, um, thanks. Yeah, you 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 learned quickly. Um, well, get lucky. It was an old program that I had used before, but it's. Same thing we do with this Zoom. I'm trying to figure out ways to get my, I've got some really good mics and I'd like to get them to interface and usually it should make it sound better. But sometimes just the right position and that's just, you know, recording it with the iPad mic. So uh, it was uh, done done quickly, but it did, it did sound, didn't sound bad. Son sonically didn't sound bad. So, yeah, well, I'm, you know, a, I think it sounded good otherwise too. But what? Uh, yeah. Why don't you tell me about you know what was what was your process this week in in writing this? Well, I spent a lot of time, kind of headed in a completely different direction. I had a, this melody thing that had been in my head for a while that I really liked, but it was fairly intricate, involved, and it was a little more minor modally, and I was trying to figure out way to get that to work and um it just did not and i kept trying to force it and so i was getting sort of into a minutia of of dealing with this simple question and then i sort of took and put everything away that i had done for the first couple three days and just sort of tried to put myself in what's the coolest thing about being somebody being thoughtful enough to plant like a whole grove of trees so that you can enjoy it. And that's sort of sitting and being creative and escaping in the moment. So to kind of find my access point was more to put myself in the shade of those trees by some, that somebody had been thoughtful enough to plant and try to observe from there. So, and listening back to it now, a lot of it I like, I don't like the way it resolves at the end of the chorus all that much but uh th there's some there's some good stuff and a few things that i would uh refine i guess i would say well well that's one thing i i do like to ask uh, everybody uh when they come on is just uh, you know what's your you know uh, just do a self-critique here uh you know because I, I, I you know i expect that the the people that are listening to this are mostly going to be songwriters yeah. Um, I, when you when you look at something like this, and this is a first draft or close to a first draft, uh, what do you what do you do? You have a process for for editing. Um, I mean, do you go through it in a certain order, or do you just just focus on the things that make that seem a little off? Or what's yeah, kind of. We'll, we'll do that, and usually it's become if I can get it to to this way, like we said earlier on, where it sort of hangs together as a song you could identify it as a song it could be improved in spots um then usually it's kind of playing it having singing it out loud and really being forced to hear what i've written down do i need all of those words to say what i've written can i say it with fewer words um and and usually it's in that kind of process something they'll be stumbling parts and the phrases or something 
So that would be the first. I, I think over time I've gotten better about getting more work, getting more of the correct words on the paper maybe to move around, but kind of the smoothing, smoothing out of it is often, is often playing it. I will like now with this in my head from doing this, I will in the morning when I go through my writing time, I'll go through this and I'll end up doing some scratching out of some lines and some endings or something like that mm -hmm, and changing mm -hmm. a few words. Um, and then also, and on this one too, I really, and we were getting down to the deadline and then I was trying to figure out how to get the stuff recorded and some other things. Oh, sure. And so I really kind of had the first verse in the chorus. And so the second verse was written pretty rapidly to say the least. I'm not hating it, but I know that I will come back and do some more work there and maybe even write one more verse that might end up displacing that one so but all in all i, I kind of like that i took it from a less serious spot to just a little simpler simpler kind of musical thing i think i had jerry jeff walker in my head a little bit or something from him passing a couple weeks ago because it's kind of um yeah it's sort of a little musically jerry jeffish or something i didn't identify that until the end i'm not quite sure how that it's in there hey but, you know um, our subconscious is influencing us all the time when we're doing something creative especially if we're trying to do yeah. it in a rapid fire fashion right yeah yeah so yeah, yeah so I, all in all i would give myself a, a middle of the road kind of grade on this one but i i do i like the i like the prompt and i'm, I'm looking forward actually to hearing yours because you you had a really nice I didn't get to listen to your song snippet, but I read through the lyric and I really, I, I liked, actually it sound, looked like your lyric would go well with the music that I was writing when I started oh, interesting. this. I'm not sure, but it'll be interesting to hear when we get to that. The, the lyric point. is the best, the, the lyric's the best part of my song. I'll, I'll tell you that straight up, but we'll, but, yeah. but just, uh, just, I just want to say a couple more things about yours here. I, I really, sure. You know, knowing the prompt, when, when you got to the point where you, you, you go, uh, the best time to plant is always some time to go. I, I love the way that you fit that in there. You know, the yeah. acorns grow and um, that rhyme scheme there. And and then also bringing in Johnny Appleseed. That was yeah. awesome. I love Johnny <laughs> Appleseed. He was one of my heroes when I was a little kid. So actually, I, Yeah, me too. And I actually, I, like, I did like, that. that one still gives me a smile from writing it. Time to ch channel some Johnny Appleseed. I thought I liked that. I like that. And then the next one, the grab my shovel. Today's the second best time we agree. You know that sort of gets it. When we wrote that one song, we talked about placeholders for things. Uh, yeah, that's sort of that's sort of what I want to say. That's sort of not how I want to say it. Exactly. Sure, I totally. But, yeah, absolutely. But I that. I want whatever that gets in there to hold that to sort of keep that same. Uh, description thing, I think there or something. So uh, I, I also want to say this about the miles, mile posts and county lines. I like the idea that a county line is also a marker about passing time, and uh, uh -huh. because I mean, yeah. you know, time and space they're they they're, they're intermingled and uh, yeah. get all get all sciency here. I, I you know, because the 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 places we travel through 
stick in our memories and they, they, they do become uh, representative of time passing. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well, I think it's, I think it's a nifty song and I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see where you go with it from here, but I, you know, it was just a real joy to listen to. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Yeah. I, I, I did. I liked, you know, I like how it goes. So I think it'll kind of stay around and I think I like that it's, I can sort of even make it a little simpler and a little better almost, I think. So, Oh yeah. It's yeah. my goal. And yeah. you've, you know, you, 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 um, do you, do you feel like, cause I, I do see a lot of kind of common, I mean, you've, you've got kind of that down home feel going for, yeah. for all your songs that you really get that kind of personal, you know, I, I get, I feel like I could be sitting on the back porch, you know, watching the kids play and, and looking mm-hmm. at the neighbor, you know, the neighbors and stuff. And I, I kind of feel, you know, it's, it's got that kind of, that kind of feel to it. Is that how much of that is, well, I just think of like the mile post, like, I think you've mentioned mile, yeah. you were mentioning miles in one of the other songs yeah. and, and, yeah. and, and it, it kind of creates kind of like a, like a Stephen, like Stephen King always had these, these towns that all of his stories were, maybe not all in the same spot in the same area, you know, like Maine or there was Colorado, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. I, and yours kind of feel like they're part of a big family. Uh, right. H- how conscious are you when you're writing that? Or is it just, that's just your personality coming through? I think it is just my personality coming through because it consistently does, but I've, you know, just sort of found different descriptors that I'm comfortable with in that aspect of looking at the world and I think it's from 12 years in a Dodge cargo van driving all over the United States, singing my little folk songs to people or something like that. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so the, so the whole traveling thing and fitting together with the troubadour and it's, you know, certainly been done a whole bunch, but it's uh, it is pretty organic to me. So usually those kind of descriptors work their way, you know, back in and uh it's yeah it's it's comfortable with my personality i think i would say excellent excellent yeah all right nice so let's uh let's try playing my uh contribution to the prompt uh and this is this song is called my brother the tree and uh here we you go tree, you tree hugger you that's right that's right well there's a lot of a lot of love going on in this this family so all right my brother the tree <laughs> very very different musical style than, and this is this was partially conscious because I was thinking, this is that kind of down home, you, you know, type of topic, and uh-huh. I didn't think, you know, musically I was thinking, uh, I can't, I can't, I'm not even going to try to do something like Kevin's going to do. Um, yeah. <laughs> so so it's very it's very different uh, sonically, but let's uh, let's take a listen here to My Brother the Tree by by David Coyle. The day that I was born My papa planted a fresh acorn And no tree to grow along with me It lift me up to show My brother outside of my window The root of our new family and I would watch him dance every time the wind would blow 
And I hoped that he would never blow away At night I'd raise my arms like branches Reaching for the stars And if I could hold my ground Then it won't fall down Then in my backyard I'd run around while he stood guard I'd climb him, we'd wrestle and play His canopy would raise When the summer sun would blaze He'd shelter my room in his shade But when the autumn breeze would take his leafy crown away I feared it would be cold when winter came At night I'd raise my arms like branches Reaching for the stars And if I could hold my ground Then it won't fall down Then came a day when we moved away My papa explained that you had to stay Sometime it seems like you were just a dream My brother the tree Alone in a sea of green Decades on I went to find my childhood home And a soul I had left far behind In the suburban sprawl I wondered if you still stood tall If the world had still space for your kind Then I saw you standing there Majestic in your breath Your branches woven in a woody maze I felt some comfort knowing That your roots will still be growing Even when I've lost my ground That you won't fall down All right. <laughs> Very nice. I like that, David. Oh, thank you. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. That's a boy. I'll tell you, I, when, when you picked that quote, I was actually cursing you because I was thinking that was the one that <laughs> I didn't know what I was going to do with it. I really was 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 lost on that. It took me a while to really just come up with a concept. And I, I think what I ultimately started getting me going was um I used to have a a big tree. It was not an oak tree, but I had a large, tall, super tall tree 
as at least I remember it as being a super tall tree in the backyard of my my home when I was I wish I lived in Ohio. Uh, this was before I was seven years old, so I was a little kid. Yeah. And I remember there was one day came home and from school and it was gone. And it had it had fallen down. And uh, and so originally the the song I was going to be about a tree falling down and I I was I don't know having trouble carrying that through line so but I was having a good time kind of writing these lyrics about uh um your friend the tree yeah you know just just this this I like the idea that, you know, like a parent might start, you know, plant a plant a tree at the same time that their kid's born and that they, you know, maybe they didn't have a big neighborhood or something. And so they created this familial uh, bond. And yeah. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting that you as a child and it comes through is that you sort of are feeling responsible for keeping that tree up there at the same time, partially maybe because dad planted it. It's right out your window. One of the things that keeps hitting me is that it, and if I could hold my ground, then it won't fall down. Is yeah, that could, what you were, was that sort of what you were intending by that or just? Yeah, absolutely. That's exactly what I was. Yeah. Well, I yeah. think the, the idea is that um, if this is part of the, it's kind of like, well, if this is part of my family, why doesn't it get to sit at the dinner table with us? Why isn't it safe and warm inside? And uh -huh. so that creates these kind of concerns. Uh, oh, I got gotcha. for the kid is how I was kind of thinking of it. Uh -huh, uh -huh. But at the same time, there are these cool things that the, you know, that the tree gets to do that that you don't get to do, um, because it's a tree and it gets tall yeah. and it gets to to dance in the wind in a way that you can't necessarily do. And one thing I do is I change the perspective at the end. I go from a referring it to the third person to to uh, talking in the second person. I'm a little bit sketchy about that i'm not sure if that really works mm -hmm. and that was and that has something to do with the fact with when i wrote the stuff because i was i was cramming to the last minute i i didn't get this done until after you sent yours over to me right um so. yeah so i mean i was i was really struggling with this one i mean more so i probably put more time into this one than the the, the previous two episodes yeah yeah this it does it does look like you spent some time i mean just i think all of the imagery and it's lots of words yeah it is a lot of words it, it, so but, but but they're good words and i and i like the really consistently just sort of staying with the tree metaphor if it's really a metaphor in this case i guess i'm not sure if that's exactly right but just using that con consistently thematically all the way through the end and then going back and revisiting it after you've grown up and all that kind of stuff that's an effective songwriting well, storytelling technique are effective with me this is one of those ones where i wanted it to be a metaphor and i'm not sure if i ultimately brought the through line yeah you know because there was a point at which i wanted it because it's this is the week of the election um which is two weeks ago or two or three weeks ago depending on when you're listening to this people out there uh yeah i was thinking that that there could be a, a metaphor there then i was thinking yeah. it could be a metaphor about the cycle the circle of life with because I was thinking about him, the 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 character, the 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 person, the narrator, I guess, maybe imagining being planted as an acorn when he's buried in the uh -huh. ground, uh -huh. and and I just couldn't. 
it was already kind of a long song, so I, I couldn't figure out where to fit that in mm-hmm. uh, without giving up something that I already liked. And that yeah. was the problem there. Because that last, I don't get anywhere near as much information as I really want in that last verse and uh-huh. chorus. Yeah. Um, yeah, but uh, yeah. But it still kind of stays effective with it just as the tree observation or it leaves... Yeah, leaves leaves the listener then to drift maybe in some of those other areas. And yeah, you're right. It's not really exactly a, a metaphor. It's just more the thematic, or I don't know exactly what that would be. But yeah. Well, but I think it can be about. I I, I think you know as I was writing it, there certainly was a lot of thoughts about metaphors. Right. Because right. you know the idea that this tree is is something that's strong and steady, and your life may not be. And yeah. there's some, you can take solace. I think the idea is that, you know, he goes back and finds the tree and sees that it had been steady this whole time. And there is something satisfying about that. That something that you identify with uh-huh. manages to stay and maybe not even just stay steady, but grow and become stronger. Yeah. While maybe you've gone through a lot of changes. Yeah. And that's something else that I didn't get in here is that all the changes that may have gone through this person's life, yeah, one thing, too, that might be interesting is that, and also the realization from your young child mind to your grown-up mind that, and even though I exaggerated it the way I was hearing it, but that you didn't have to be there to hold it up the whole yeah. time. It was able to be its strong on its own or be itself on its own, whatever strong or whatever it was. But uh, Absolutely, and that's something yeah. that you do find with when you're talking about loved ones, right? There's right. a lot of people that, you know, they, they, they worry so much about their, their loved ones and the people they really care about that they have a hard time just letting them be on their own and, and, and grow and, and right. change as they need to and adapt to the world. Right. Yeah. You can over, overprotect and overshelter them, which, you know, yeah, you could get into a whole bunch of, then we would be getting family metaphorical there or something like that. But, uh, well, it's good, nice. to he- it's good to hear though, that there's a lot of layers a lot of yeah. a lot of rings, perhaps, yeah. that yeah. <laughs> go into this song. So the um, that so that's good. That that it could be perceived in multiple ways, and that's that's a that's a good thing. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah, it is. I remember one time trying to write a song about a kid going through parents divorcing or something. One of the big things was like psychologists or people would be talking about how the child would always kind of take on what did I do to break up my parents that they would take on much more Uh, responsibility and ownership than they should. And it's a childlike view. It's very understandable and all that other kind of stuff like that. There's just a tiny element of that in there, like there too, that do I have to be responsible for holding that tree up or something? I don't don't know why I'm off on that tangent, but no, uh, I think, no, you're spot on. You're spot on. That's definitely, that, that is one of the, definitely one of the themes of the song. Yeah. Yeah. That's a nice one. And I thought, I thought musically that kind of, you know, worked. I hear what you're kind of saying on that, but I thought it was, you know, it was supportive enough, you know, for what you were doing. It didn't, didn't intrude, that's not a. That's not really the way I want to say that, but it allowed you yeah. to still deliver the lyric, which was the more important of the two. Maybe. I, I, I think my concerns are this: is that the 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 central um, instrumental motif is this bum bum bum, which is kind of cliched. I mean, it's been done in a lot of songs, usually hard rock or or punk songs, yeah. and 
I I feel like it needs something considering the subject matter i i mean i like the chord progressions okay i i think though i probably need to change the the rhythmic pattern that i'm using and, and maybe just that that particular uh motif uh-huh. the other musically the other part that i have an issue with and again i like the chord changes but the bridge the, um, bridge, yeah. the melody is not the same song as the rest of the song yeah. I, I and it, it's supposed to change a little bit it's supposed to be a little bit more nostalgic, but I feel like most of the song is kind of this, it's a little bit badass. And then it you get to this badass. get to this kind of dreamy part, which is maybe a little too maybe a little too trite is how it feels like to me. I, mm-hmm. I like the lyrics of the bridge though. I Yeah. I yeah, to, and to me I kept it from being trite. It did I'd have to hear it like a couple more times. It did stand out to me. Yeah. But it did didn't didn't stand out bad not in a necessarily but it, it it stood out for go back and check in with that a couple yeah. times or unlisten to it let your mind go somewhere else and then listen to the song and see if it creates a little warp in the space-time continuum when you hear it and so <laughs> maybe, maybe it goes somewhere else or something but it did i mean you know as you say rightly that's what a bridge should sort of kind of do something you want, yeah, it, want to want to give it a pause a little bit from the rest of the song. So I I think it's I think though it's this is this is more of a rhythmic song for most of the the song, mm-hmm. and it's not really. I mean, there's you know there's a melody there, but it's not there's not a lot of high variation uh, in the melody. I don't think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the I feel like the there's sort of I do some high notes higher the. The, the range of notes that are in that bridge are a lot, I don't know, that to me it, it takes me out and I, I want to make it less sing-songy maybe is what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. And I think that some of the, some of the, yeah, some of the notes just, they feel like they're either in the wrong place or they're, they're yeah, they, they just don't, they, they take away from the gravitas of the rest of the song. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. yeah. But hey, that's a song. You know, I feel like this is a yeah. solid, more so than the first two episodes. I feel like this one, I mean, this one I feel like is not really close. Not It's not on the precipice of being finished. The other two I felt like were pretty close, maybe with some fine tuning. But this uh-huh. one I feel like there's there are some significant things that I want to revisit. Yeah. yeah. But I like a lot of it. I like a lot yeah. of it. Yeah, and I, yeah, and I think the strong part is just the lyric and the story. So, you know, some messing around with, you know, maybe push yourself a little bit into some different musical, yeah, melodic spots behind it, because I could see it not being not being sweet or something like that, but being, you know, that there's a different musical vehicle or uh, melody or something, yeah, that that could hang on that. Would uh, would allow the lines to stand out even a little bit stronger because I think there's there's good stuff there. Well, all right. Well, Kevin, thank you hey. so much, and thanks for your insight, you and 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 thanks for for sharing your your not just your your uh, older songs, but your brand new song. Uh, yeah. Let me let me just talk a little bit here about what's coming up next week. I'm going to have a good friend of mine, John Bunsley, is going to be hey. on. That's right. You know, John. You you play the with Bunsley him. You do the Meister. Irish. 
You do the Irish gig with him every year, the St. Yeah, Paddy's gig, gig, right? I do. Yeah. <laughs> well, although we, we did until COVID, that was right until all that uh -huh. came down. But that was year, right there at the cusp. Yeah, that, that was right. That was right there. We were on the cusp of, we were going to do the little Rosalies and the, mm -hmm. and the uh, uh, whatever. Anyway, yeah. So, so but John, he's a fine songwriter, great guy. That'll be a good one. Yeah, John will be coming in, and uh, and he's a good talker, just just like you, Kevin. He's it's yeah. going to be a good conversation. Yeah, um, you know, we don't know what we're talking about, but we're good at talking, so we'll just keep going until you stop us. That's right. That's right. All right, and just just one more time, is there anything that you want to plug? Do you have any any uh, online shows that you have coming up? Or um, I, I I do. I'm doing this um, first and third Tuesday in conjunction with Rob Ellen over in Nairn, Scotland, who has this thing called the International moose television and the moose mobile and he's a big s supporter and he helped me tour over there so the first and third and i do that on that, my that's every every first and third tuesday thursday yeah from 3 30 to 4 15 okay and and then i and it is on my i do have a facebook music page kd songs and stuff um, and it's uh, I link it out of that, and then he supports out of that. And then I am going to, as the winter goes on, I'll be popping up with some more Facebook Live stuff, and typically I'll do an invite with folks and that kind of thing. Do you do you have a PayPal or a Venmo that you want to? I do have out? a PayPal, yeah. So do you, do you do know it? A, do you want to do you want to say it I so do. people can uh, if they want to give you a tip? Uh, it is PayPal capital P-A-Y, capital P-A-L, dot me, forward slash, lowercase Kevin, the numeral seven, and lowercase Dooley. All right, so if you want to just throw some uh, money Kevin's way for being on the show, uh, please do. Certainly. Hey, so, uh, yeah, I want to thank Kevin for being on the show. I also want to uh, encourage everybody out there uh, to, you know, if, if you're inspired by any of the prompts, I'd love to hear a song that you come up with based on them. I'm going to be posting the prompts for next week, tomorrow, uh, on Friday, uh, after we've uh, posted this episode. You know, I, I really love to hear people play along. If you want to either post them on social media, uh, I have a Facebook page, Dave Coyle's Musical Extravaganza. Uh, or if you want to uh, shoot me an email at rawsongwriting at gmail.com, I can maybe play a couple pieces on the air. So That's awesome. That's right. That's right. All right. So, uh, again, big thanks, Kevin, for coming out. And to all, all of you out there in podcast land, keep it raw and keep it riveting. Day that I was born, my papa planted a fresh acorn, an oak tree to grow along with me. It lift me up to show.